0: Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Charlie Wine. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. 230, 34, 46, 69, 105, 60 5 million, 12, 15, million. 164. Negative 4. 25,000. 19, 20, 21, 23, 24, 25, 30, yeah. 30, music actually that I'm my head. yeah we got a new theme yeah uh where's my brain these days okay dad today, brain. yeah I got dad brain all right today on our show clocking in at 90 minutes we're talking about 2004s Mean Creek directed by Jacob Aaron Estes also written by Jacob Aaron Estes all right our first time seeing this movie same Zs yeah. Um, yeah this was uh, this was uh, well, let's see. Uh, do I want to bury the lead? No, I won't. I'll just say I liked it. I liked this movie. This was a cool. very good
1: movie. And, uh, <laughs> Charlie is dancing. He's celebrating a little bit here. Our <laughs> guest here, Charlie Wine, on the show. Thanks yes, for coming on. Welcome. welcome to yes, the show.
0: Me. Um, I guess before we get into it, since uh, we, uh, I am consciously thinking about it, we will ask what inspired you to choose this movie um, as your first selection. Other than the fact that but before we started recording, you mentioned you haven't seen a lot of movies under 90 minutes. So is this the only movie that you've seen that qualifies? <laughs>
2: no, no. I just realized I haven't. a lot of the movies you've covered I haven't seen, Uh, and I was surprised how many movies under 90, like, how many movies you've covered that I actually haven't seen. Some of them movies I specifically wasn't interested in seeing, but, no, I I was going through my list of movies I I do have and I like that are under 90, and the other thing is you've done most of them, too. Like, the first one that came to mind was Chronicle, and I, you know, would love to talk about Chronicle, but um, no, I, I just happened to, I was going through my list of some of my favorite movies just from my history, and Mean Creek... I will say, I told Dan this, Mean Creek for a long time was actually in my top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah. and I just, uh, I just happened, and it was there for about, and of course, all of our top movies kind of revolve but it was there for a couple of years, a number of years, actually. Um, and uh, I was trying to remember the first time I saw this movie. Um, well, anyway, the, the, I have never really gotten to talk to anyone about this movie before because i feel like this is very much a film person's movie uh it's you know whenever i would tell people what it's about or a you know basic idea of it they'd be like oh i don't really want to watch that that sounds (laughs) (laughs) well i mean uh in
0: support of that uh Uh, theory, uh, I was, once we started this movie and I, I quickly looked at the premise of it on IMDb, I was like, Oh God, this is going to be heavy. This is going to be some heavy shit for me to deal with right now. And it's been a long day. I don't know if I can deal with it, but it, it, but no, like it, um, I mean, it can be heavy for certain people, but I didn't, I I thought this was, uh, actually just very real, um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so I didn't, I, I wasn't uncomfortable at any point. Like it didn't go, you know, like I got, it's an indie movie. So sometimes they have a tendency to exaggerate things.
1: Melodramatic but, a little yeah. bit, which and I think it, this movie
2: does not. No, it, it, it avoids melodrama
0: completely. Yeah.
2: Um, so, sorry, sorry. Bully or kids. Um, I mean any, like at the Dark. other edge, I mean, this isn't, this is movie. Yeah. Not a plot that hasn't been done before. It's been done a number of times, but Interestingly enough, this is probably the tamest of all of the movies I've seen with this plot. I mean, Bully is, I don't know if you've seen Bully, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, oh boy, it's this, but with a lot more sex, drugs, and a lot of, it's a really big 90s cast, actually, and it's just gruesome and sexploitation, like, you know, out the wazoo. But, no, I've always, I've always thought this was a very, very well-made movie that touches on some very interesting themes in a way that I hadn't seen other movies like this done before. Or at least the w- things it was focusing on in terms of the plot were not what movies like Bully or Kids or River's Edge focused on. Those were much more about sort of the gruesome aspect of this crime that has been committed, uh, as opposed to how the kids are dealing with it personally.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, uh... Th- 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 I mean, without getting too far into what happens, they they do make you sit with it for a long time, um, and I, I appreciated that. It's it's like you know, there's a lot of uh, there's some silence and reflection in this movie in at a point where it probably is very necessary for it, and another movie might gloss over that part of it. Mm-hmm. And but, and, and know, what I'll, what I max. think is,
1: I think is um, I think it's a really focused narrative, and I appreciate that. It doesn't have time to think about so and so's aunt. That's like a subplot that's going on. This is just a very hyper focused narrative, and I appreciate it's tight. And that's like what we notice in a lot of these movies in this show because they don't have time to fuck around. They gotta be tight. They gotta be focused. And this movie is like, I noticed is very focused. So I'm ready to get into it. And I like yeah. the two spoilers. All right. All this right. has
0: been ninety under ninety. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> now. Oh God! Uh, I'm not gonna make my bad joke here. Actually, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. It's worse because I'm gonna do it ironically. Okay, ready? Now yeah. I've seen some annoyed rivers and I've seen some perturbed fjords, but I've never seen a mean creek. All right, let's do this.
2: I was hoping you were gonna do something like that. Yeah.
1: You know what? Jer's the dad too. It's funny. Uh,
0: yeah. It didn't even cross my mind to make that type of joke. <laughs> All
1: right. So, um, it starts with the, this, how about this Paramount logo guys? This, this, uh, I, Jerry makes a face.
0: <laughs> us, I, I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, is this not a Paramount movie? Cause they're really ripping off Paramount. And then it's like Paramount classics. And I'm like, classics, what the fuck are you talking about? This is 2004. This can't even be a classic. But what? Um, it's like an
1: awning and then through the awning is the classic mountain so that you are used to like yeah. in the background. They
0: gussied it up. They gave it some, uh, you know, like some 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 decoration to for the for the eyes. But um, yeah, I was surprised at this logo, but I've never seen it ever again. So I don't know if they've ever used it again.
2: Paramount Classics was actually I mean, it was it was subsect of their like indie film production for a while but it's gone it, they got rid of it in 2013 so it doesn't really exist anymore but it was basically for um what they considered to be like indie drama films and they actually sort of became a part of miramax they basically partnered with miramax and started doing things i mean like no country for old men is technically a paramount classics film but it's you know it's not really a paramount classics film if you know what i mean their answer to fox searchlight in a way yeah (laughs) got it jerry are you eating a cracker i am
0: eating some saltines (laughs) i've got a a can of coke with me jerry's been drinking
1: heavily all day today he's got to absorb all of that alcohol
0: it is Um, sunday and i have two children i am getting plastered every single day no i don't really drink that much
1: um so it starts with the underwater Dirty Creek. There's shit floating in here, little bits and pieces of leaves and algae. And the credits are rolling over this, and it's very indie feeling. This down to the score, down to the the filter, perhaps that they're using underwater. Just underwater footage. There's uh, a lot
0: cool. of there's a lot of B roll of Creek in this uh, in this movie. At the beginning of the movie, later on in this movie, there's a lot of of B roll. That's what
1: you want, though, right? You want some splishing and some splashing at the mean Creek. Uh, okay so yeah it feels very indie to me Charlie what do you think of these credits as far as opening credits go
2: Um, I mean in terms of the opening like when it's in the river when you're underwater with everything Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's I think it's very simple sort of I think the idea is to I guess set the mood of the film but it's already kind of I feel like part of it is to basically tell you where this movie is going before it even gets started it's not hard to really figure out where this is going to go. Um, I mean, especially if you saw any advertising or even a trailer, but it's, there's so much of the movie that is like, uh, you know, just nature shots, you know, with a really beautiful score behind it. I think sitting, getting you in nature as much as possible, including the credits is very important for that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you see some, we see, recognize some names in the credits there. We recognize a Colkin in the mix there. Yeah, and uh, a fresh,
0: fresh from the farm. uh, uh, Being invaded by aliens, he goes to the meat farm.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I was I I mentioned earlier, I was trying to think about when I first saw this movie, and because it came out in 2004, and I definitely didn't see it in 2004 because I was 14 years old. But I think what when I probably saw it was when I was working at the exchange, and I would get all of these budget movies coming across the desk all the time. And I probably, I feel like I picked this up and I saw Rory Culkin. I saw Trevor Morgan, who I knew from Sixth Sense Mm. and uh, The Patriot. I -hmm. saw Carly Schroeder, who had been big on Disney Channel. Josh Peck, of course, who was big on Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. So this movie had a really sort of, for a children's cast, for a cast of kids, it had some well-established kids. The main, uh, Marty... He was in Eurotrip. That's why I knew yeah. him from Europe.
1: Scotty doesn't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. I
2: think um, that's what intrigued me from the get-go was, and especially Rory Culkin, because I love signs. And I think all of the Culkins at this point have distinguished themselves as absolutely. very good actors on their own. So,
0: Isn't it weird how, like, in a way that the Baldwins could not distinguish themselves at all, the Culkins have really, like, done their work at, like, establishing yeah. their own their own trajectories yeah
2: I've done it. i've done it i just watched waco and rory culkin has a really good part in waco and uh, he's...
1: we we played this before you got a fuck one marry one kill one you got uh, you got kieran rory and macaulay Who, who's it gonna be
2: all right uh marry kieran uh okay. fuck rory and kill macaulay
1: i think that was my answer except i was killing kieran when we did this like several episodes ago when we were talking Culkins.
3: <laughs>
1: so, Kieran. Yeah, I, I who is okay, who's Scott Pilgrim? Who's who's in that? That's that, Kieran. That's Kieran. I yes. love Kieran. Uh Igby, right? <laughs> he's Full. awesome. Yeah,
2: Igby goes down.
1: Yeah. He's awesome. Okay. Uh here we go. All right. Wait, guys. A fjord, a river and a creek. You got to fuck one, marry one, kill one. <laughs> go. <laughs> Oh, all you, right. you, you gotta
0: fuck that river <laughs> you let that river fuck you all right so <laughs>
1: um it's a tight movie it's it we're past the credits here and we get a little home video footage from a, a camera and it's uh Josh Peck uh Drake Drake right no is it uh, it was it Dra- Josh
2: Drake and Josh right. Josh. Right. Drake it's fucking and
1: Josh Josh duh that was the (laughs) dumbest thing i could have asked um anyway it's josh and he's got a camera and he's pointed at himself and he's on the basketball court and he's shooting hoops and someone pops into frame it's a little
0: culkin and what happens next and then he gets um he, he gets attacked brutally attacked because he moved the camera slightly and that sets this fat little kid off and he's like fuck that and he just starts pounding on the poor little culkin
2: He's pounding on him and he's cussing at him. He's using every word he probably knows being in middle school to beat the shit out of this Culkin kid.
3: It's
0: quite a scene. A, there's not a teacher around to stop them. They're all unsupervised. It's uh, it's chaos. It's a yeah, Lord of the Flies school.
2: Especially if you grew up uh, watching all of them on like their various Disney or Nickelodeon.
0: Oh,
3: uh, yeah.
2: Things to watch. His first Things first to hear Josh Peck starts shouting the F word and like and the, and like bitch and everything out of out, like from the beginning, it's just like, oh, OK. Yeah.
0: yeah. I did not know that uh, any of these actors were like, uh, well, I knew the one kid is from Jurassic Park three.
2: Right. Got, yeah. Trevor Morgan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beyond that, I didn't know that any of these other uh, and of course, Rory Culkin, I knew. But beyond that, I was like, I didn't know that any of these kids were established. So, yeah, if they were Disney Disney Channel kids and all of a sudden you were opened up to this world of uh, of explicit language from them. Yeah, that would mess with your mind. You wouldn't be able to go back and watch Drake and Josh. You'd be like, Jesus Christ, I heard him say some <laughs> evil things.
1: Hey, we got, wait, it's like Spring Breakers, pre-Spring Breakers, 2004. Um, something's got to give, Jer, is what Rocky, uh, Jurassic Park 3, Trevor Trev, Trevor Noah from The Daily <laughs> Show says to his brother, There's, Sam. Yeah. Trevor, yeah,
2: Trevor Morgan.
1: <laughs> Played by um, uh, Ke- Rory Culkin. And he's got the peas on the face because he just got beaten up by Josh Peck in front of all the students. And um, he's a really zen-like kid. And he's even compared to Gandhi later by his buddy. Um, He's he's very mature for his age, I've noticed. And I liked his character a lot. He was almost...
0: it's almost as if uh, Rory Culkin is uh, completely incapable of playing immature because he was like well beyond his years in signs right. he was he's well beyond his years in this he has wisdom that I could not have at his age.
2: Yeah, when you grow up when you grow up a Culkin you learn how to survive real early on.
0: <laughs> yeah. You see some darkness when you're at a very young age. Do you think Macaulay Culkin pulled to the clean. side
1: and was like, "Bro, we got to talk about secret bank accounts like mom and dad?" I know about this. New York real estate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: so he said, no, really, like Rocky, he says something's got to give. He's the older brother, and he's a good older brother character. There's a great brother relationship. And I'd say this movie is about brothers. There's echoes of that throughout the movie a couple times. And um, it's real. Like Jer was saying, you get the sense, all the, through the dialogue, through the performances, there's a, there's a certain authenticity throughout this movie. And... Uh, In its simplicity, I love it. In its focus. And that's something's got to give, Rocky says. And he's not as aggressive as uh, who we're going to meet, Marty. But basically the premise of this movie is they're going to teach uh, George, played by Josh Pack, a lesson. And then soon. So uh, they're thinking of doing something. He says they
2: have to to hurt him without really hurting him. I mean, if you talk about maturity, uh, you know, Sam... Rory Culkin you know says if we you know his brother's talking about getting back at him after beating after he gets beaten up he says if we do something to him though that's just going to make us as bad as him and I love that line we have to hurt him without really hurting him Mm -hmm. and it almost feels more uh it almost feels worse when he says something like that it's like they're they're actively you know devising a plan to emotionally scar this guy whatever they're (laughs) going to do
0: yeah um to further say that like the devising of the plan is what makes it so like creepy because if it, if they were just planning on beating the crap out of them, you just go find him and you beat him up. But right. no, this is like, we need to lure him into the, into <laughs> a canoe. In. Mm-hmm. Row. <laughs> I don't even know how they find where they're going in this movie well, and how they Oregon, find their way I back.
2: Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things about the kids, though, uh, like, even just talking about how they find where they go, George says, or Josh Beck says, you know, when they're going somewhere, he's like, whose road is this? And they're just like, it's a road. These kids, none of them, with the exception of maybe Clyde, the, uh, and I guess George, none of them really are very well off. Like, clearly they don't, you know, they're not loaded. They're not, you know, they're playing, they're walking home through, uh, you know, the woods past like power plants and they're living uh, in areas that are very much, you know, just some of them more dilapidated than others, too. So I think these kids, they just this is the sort of group where there's some person who's just got a boat sitting out on the shore somewhere. They just know about it. They're going to go grab it. You know that's what they do?
3: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... And, like, there isn't a lot of... There's no um, presence of authority throughout this movie whatsoever. This is really um, a kid-centric movie in that they are the authority as far as the audience is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky... Yeah, parents. It,
2: we parents.
1: Who do we meet? We meet Clyde's... I guess
2: we meet a few parents, but it's kind of later in the narrative. Um, yeah, we see George's mom. We, we get, like, one scene with... Uh, like, one... 10 second scene with Sam and Rocky's dad and then we get maybe like a minute with Clyde's dad which is another part of that movie that's, inter- that's interesting to speak about too
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, and, and so we cut and now uh, Sam is he has a little girlfriend even think like, he's mature enough to have a little relationship at school he's sitting in a tree during lunch and it's cute they eat lunch together and she basically asks uh, would you Thanos him <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's so ahead
0: of her time little uh yeah little marley shelton from grindhouse here uh just basically wants to vibe (laughs) dude dude, she looks exactly like her i'm waiting for her to pull out her three needles and like put me to sleep
1: yeah this one these are my three little friends um they uh, at a pizza place Now we're we're cutting and we're seeing Rocky's side, and he is preoccupied with his younger brother being bullied recently by George. He's talking to his buddy Marty, who's kind of uh, this movie is it's a really a Marty movie. It's, he's the really the the source of conflict in the in the movie? He's you a know little, what mm.
0: to to speak on Marty for a minute. I have an issue with like, and maybe it's just because he's a young actor, but he's. Yeah he's a very specific type in that he's like a lanky, like a a lanky dark haired kid who kind of talks a little bit like this. He's
1: like Like, a, yeah. I mean, what is that? What type is that?
0: It's (laughs) a weird trait that all of a sudden there's guys like this and he's just like, let's just do some terrible evil things. You know, like, I don't know. There's something about him. That's just like of
1: 2004 is the, the you're saying that's the new bully of 2004. It's no longer meathead jocks. It's a little lanky like, "Hey guys, wait, what what are you guys doing?"
0: Yeah, I'm a lot darker than I lit myself off to be. It's sure. just fuck this kid. I'll meet you I I'll think meet you,
2: you there. A good like a good summation of of Marty's character is the fact that his his name his full name is Martini Blank.
3: <laughs> Martini
2: his first name is Martini and his last name is Blank. I mean, if you want a kid who's got to be angry at the world for something, it's the kid <laughs> named Martini Blank.
1: <laughs> and not to mention his brother is Sean Penn, and he's he's a fucking, yeah. fucking ass. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, yeah, we meet Marty and we also meet Clyde. And you got to wonder, why is Clyde, how could he ever be matched? This must be a very small school because why is Clyde ever hanging out with these two <laughs> bozos here?
2: I feel like Rocky and Clyde were friends when they were younger and then Rocky and Marty were friends. And so now Clyde just kind of, they they yeah. sort of revolve around Rocky.
1: I think you got it, Charlie. <laughs> I think
2: you I hit the nail that. right on the head. Very actually. much that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so he's saying like, he talks about uh, George beating up Sam is bro. And uh, he, it, the whole scene is looped big time. I think, right. Yeah. You guys ADR. It's, it's indie. What can you do? It's Okay. Um, they talk about projecting, but they also talk about because this narrative is so focused. We got to do something about this this bully, and uh, we're moving along. But Colkin talks to his bro. They this is the how close you get to see they are. They share a piece of gum together at the school. It's
0: cute.
1: It's uh. No, Jared, I, we're very I, I, close. We've never shared a piece of gum.
0: We've never it's, shared a piece of gum, and you can tell you just whenever you see two people share a piece of gum. Always try to make a note of the person who's accepting the piece of gum. Watch their <laughs> face and how grossed out they are when they put it in their mouth. They're always chewing like, ah, uh, yeah, that's really good. Like
1: like on a like, show or something and they're supposed to like be in yeah. it.
2: Yeah. what's puts that
0: gum in his mouth and he's like instantly like, I got to get through this scene, but uh, uh, thanks for <laughs> the gum, brother. Like,
2: I will tell you, I will tell you from, from what, maybe like six years ago, probably the last time I watched this movie, I did watch this enough that I watched it with the commentary and that was... Both Rory Culkin and Trevor Morgan's idea, actually.
3: Oh. So oh. Trevor
2: Morgan came up with they came up with that idea. They apparently had a really good brother sort of relationship I on bought set. bought Apparently, Trevor Morgan is just kind of that guy, and so a lot of the stuff that they came up with as brothers and the way they interacted with each other was very natural on set between the two of them. So I like that aspect of it. I mean, I'm not <laughs> it gonna is, take
1: It's gross, but I actually like it too, as gross as it is. I don't like it and it's like yeah like this is um, as far as like brother indie like drama goes this is to me I put this relationship up with like squid and the whale um, as far as young brother dynamics go and the realism and how much I buy it uh, Mm -hmm. personally. Um, Except for the gum, just share a soda. Like you don't need to. You don't need to share gum. Right. But remember when I was a kid and I was jerking off and I was spreading my
2: cum all over lockers. I was gonna at say. Yeah, I do remember. Some that, different yeah. stuff in Squid and the Whale that they're sharing that they wouldn't want to share.
0: It's so. you know it's normal. It's relatable. Uh, I mean, between the cum or the gum, it's like they're both kind of <laughs> gross, but you gotta accept them. <laughs>
1: So um, the bros suggests that they tie George to a tree and pour honey on his face so that the bugs get him and they leave him there overnight, which is pretty gnarly. Would you guys like to see that
0: movie? Um, I mean, I'm right there with Rory Culkin in that my first thought is, oh, shit. I, I mean, this is Oregon, man. A bear will come by and fucking eat that <laughs> fat kid's face.
2: It just made me think of heavyweights. Do you remember oh, that Oh, gosh. It's, yeah you know, the, the camp the camp counselors they tie him to trees and they cover him in honey and the guy starts screaming and they go back because they think it's a bear and a deer is just like licking his leg or something
1: <laughs> yeah. that's one of ben stiller's finest performances
2: absolutely
0: uh, a spiritual uh, prequel to uh dodgeball in a way like just the same character I love well, I like to I think that vegetable.
2: I like to think that all of Ben Stiller's movies are one universe and one yep. timeline and it's just <laughs> different forms of Ben Stiller as he progresses through life.
1: Even the orderly and happy Gilmore, who, yeah. Yeah, who terrorizes his grandma. Yeah.
2: Um, uh,
1: he says, what Charlie said, if we hurt him, we'd be just as bad as him. And then he's like, okay, let's change the subject. Heather Locklear or Shannon Doherty. And to be fair, uh, the little Colkin says, I don't even
0: know who Heather Locklear is. She's like, you know what? what? He, w- he would have less of an idea who Shannon Doherty is because at least Heather Locklear was like <laughs> on Spin City. So maybe this kid caught a sitcom, <laughs> but like, no, two thousand four. What, what was Shannon Doherty and like charmed or whatever? Like, and then it got canceled. It's it's like she left the show or something. This time. One of those reality shows. But, uh, it's like yeah. this, this, somebody wrote this script in 1996 and like they were just like, well, I don't know how to update this one part of it. So I ask, screw it.
2: Well, I also just I don't necessarily imagine Rocky sitting down to watch Beverly Hills 90210. Either. Never. You know, no, you know, he's a Baywatch. He yeah.
1: <laughs> so these uh the older kids. They drink and they smoke cigs and maybe a little weed in their truck discussing a, a plan. Uh, and they say that brother you is he's like a little Gandhi, a little little white Martin Luther King actually, oh. and uh, and he says uh, only thing my mom eats on Saturdays is value, so you know he comes from a broken home, and yeah. uh, Marty, and they all agree George has it coming though, and and keep in mind that Rocky is committed to this plan at this time, and so is Sam, but he's you know, he's already has some reluctance right from the get go, wouldn't you say?
2: yeah, yeah. I, good for sure i think i think sam wants to do something i think that the sort of the way they're talking about the honey thing because you were talking about how you know uh the thought of tying him to a tree with honey on his face there's a bear it's Oregon. it's going to come eat him they treat that idea as very humorous as that wouldn't do anything because it's just it, it's a funny thing to do i feel like he he sam does want to do something but he none of them see the possible like you know negatives that could come out of these situations all of these things they could do are humorous just tiny pranks you know
1: do you i i think now's the time i'm going to ask Jared. do you have something to add to that no okay this is the time where I ask, did you guys need a little more evidence of George's cruelty to really uh, go forward with the plan? Or is the purpose of the narrative for us to be where we are and the kind of neutral? Uh, we did see the assault, but we know they have a history, but we don't really allude to it. We don't see it. What, did we get
0: enough there? He explodes so much onto Sam that like, I I think that's enough right away. Like, You get a full sense of how evil this kid really can be if he wants to be and how he's clearly picking on somebody who's smaller than him. And honestly, like he is uh, in a way that I, I I do not criticize the movie. This kid is a stereotype. He's, you know, the overweight kid who something is going wrong in his life and he's lashing out on other people, but still wants to be their friend. I mean, he's a you know, it's pretty much like what most bullies are. So I didn't I didn't personally need more evidence of it. I saw it right there in that opening scene. I was like, I know exactly who this kid is. I went to school with this kid, at, le- at least three of these kids. Charlie?
2: I think, I, I agree. Um, and I, I think especially, like Clyde does mention, you know, at a point that, you know, when they were in middle school, which one goes to show you that George has been in middle school. Josh Peck has been in that middle school for a while. They, they comment about how he's continuously held back um, and that he went after Clyde with a baseball bat and cracked him in the head with a baseball bat. So clearly he's got a history of violence. Um, I I think, and we can, I think this will, is something interesting to touch, maybe touch more on later too. But I, when I watched this again the other night, I tried to afterwards think back, there were things about it I didn't like as much. And I tried to think back to like 2004. And I also realized like you, Jeremy, you talked about going to school with kids like this is, Mm -hmm. At this time, things like Asperger's and autism were not really understood certain like very much by adults, but even less so by the kids that were in school with other mm-hmm. kids at this time. And I went to a school that was – my high school was for a lot of people that were kids that were having issues like that. And any kid that has some severe form of Asperger's – and we know he's dyslexic uh, – they can come off as like, very aggressive or very uh, – very combative quickly with no seeming provocation at all. And I think that can be a big part of how they perceive him to be so violent too.
1: And and what I appreciate about the movie is it's not it's not didactic. They're not giving a clinic on dyslexia or how we need to be empathetic, although we do need to be, or sympathetic of these kids' situations. It's that these kids are in the situation. This is how they're currently reacting because they don't fully under, It's It's real, you know? Mm-hmm. how else do we put it um so uh yeah okay so rocky calls up george this is like this is he calls him up and he invites him to sam's birthday party and they're gonna go boating and charlie's back we got him on video again
2: uh, <laughs> I, I just and, realized uh, my video on my phone wasn't on my computer's working again but i don't want to risk it so i think i'm just gonna stay on the okay. phone
0: that's fine yeah you're, you sound good
2: okay
1: he says, um, don't tell anybody. Okay, don't tell your parents because it's kind of a secret. We didn't invite a lot of people. And George is, he's buying it. And I'm thinking, all right, that doesn't sound suspicious. But George is not like us. He's uh, no. hes a different character.
0: He's in, and again, it plays right into his character exactly how desperate he is to actually have friends. That, you know, like he jumps at this opportunity. And he is ex- like, you know, we see it in the next scene where he we, we see him getting ready for this like this is everything to him um you know, just it, despite everything that he's done so far it it feels to me though like uh jerry i don't think you se- have you seen clockwork orange um i think i saw it in high school but i don't alex I don't the main anything.
1: character and his his droogs they terrorize a dude and his wife and he, he gets hypnotized he comes back to his house because he doesn't remember what happened and he, he plays nice with him I got the vibes of this like George did you get hypnotized and not remember what the fuck you did to <laughs> these people because like you're right in the belly of the beast and uh, I, I'm not like hating the movie on that I'm not uh, falling out of the movie because of that I just think it's interesting that he he has the gall uh, to go and, and meet up with these guys regardless of the terrorizing that he's done
2: well I mean, I mean he's so... go ahead Oh, he, I was just gonna say, he's so blinded by the fact that he's got people that want to hang out with him. I mean, no, he, you know, he's uh, he's making these videos, he's recording his life, and uh, you know, he doesn't seem like he really has any friends. They comment on that all the time. But to have someone call and invite you, I mean, I'm gonna say, like, for anyone that was isolated or introverted when they were young, to have someone else reach out to you to hang out to do something, that's so significant. I mean, mm-hmm. you jump on that opportunity, even if it's someone. You don't necessarily get along with because you can be a part of a group. You can be a part of something, and you see him trying to become a part of the group throughout, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he he. You know, enacts that desperation uh, continuously on the canoe, and but also the thing I was going to say is like, when a bully is behaving this way, he's not conscious of the fact that he's bullying somebody. You know, he's not thinking like
1: the damage he's doing.
0: yeah, he's just thinking, like, he touched my camera, so I took care of it, and, like, now, oh, cool, like, that was just an incident that passed, and now he's inviting me to a party, so... That was a I guess a separate
1: thing, yeah. At
0: the most, maybe this kid is thinking, yeah, I showed him, like, now he's afraid of me, and now he wants to invite me. Like, at, that's, like, the most egotistical I he could, could be at it. this moment.
1: I could buy it. Um,
0: when we caught, this is, I
1: think, one of... It's I, I I like this scene a lot. It's when he's uh, Marty shooting the gun alone in the backyard at the bottle. You It's one yeah. more needs to be said in his scene about his character when he's shooting and he's he's listing off names and one of them is the director of the movie, I believe, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Estes. Yeah. Yeah. During that first shot, all uh, the names
2: he gives are actually are crew. The, there's like two producers, it. the director. Uh, all the names they drop like that are actually crew members, I think, in this.
1: I love it um and he he misses the bottle and it turns out it's his brother uh who to me looks like a, the young Sean Penn like Brecken Meyer baby Yeah
0: you you meld the two of them together you Breck and Penn you get that's uh, what you uh, get.
1: <laughs> um he's his brother and he's kind of like I said it's a movie about brothers and, and kind of the influence that brothers have uh, and and um he says you got my gun what is this he kind of he says come here and you know something bad's going to happen he's just yeah. standing in that doorway
0: I'll say that this movie, to me, less so much about brothers, it it feels to me like this is just like, here's the fine line between being a bully and just fucking around with somebody, you know? Because they show what can be considered bullying in many different forms. You get this brother-like torture right here in this scene where he's clearly beating the crap out of his younger brother. You get, um, you know, there's... There's other uh, elements of this that, that come in later where the, it's different forms of bullying, where they're, like, kind of picking on each other or, like, um, what's his – you know, his his buddy, like, punches him in the arm at that one point, like, you know, and it, uh, Clyde punches uh, Rocky in the arm, I think, at one point, you know, so, like – you can consider the line, them like the line. Yeah, that we've it, it's walked, very yeah. thin line where like one person is a friend and therefore it's not a bully, but because you're not this person's friend that can be considered total bullying. You know?
2: I mean, I think this movie is about peer pressure, essentially this, the whole movie is peer pressure. And I read, so I remember reading something about it that I think is, is very interesting in that uh, a lot of, and obviously a lot of reviews are written by adults talking about teenagers in a movie, but how this movie is a really good, would almost be a good learning opportunity for something for kids to watch to see how peer what peer pressure can lead to or the sort of dangers of peer pressure but mm-hmm. it's rated r so there was no way that any of these kids mm. were going to see it but even little things like uh uh marty you know trying to uh, giving weed to clyde and he's like what did i tell you i don't smoke weed and as soon as he says i don't smoke weed he calls him you know he calls him a faggot and it's like uh, you know that's that's exactly that's peer pressure right there to try and get him to do it. But um, granted Clyde is the only one in the movie that seeming doesn't relent to peer pressure.
1: No. Clyde and Millie are two. The, and I guess Sam, they're like three of the smartest characters in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're as an adult, you watch it and maybe I think I'd watch it with the same lens at 14, the at, 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 same at 32. And the voice of reason is who I'm going to gravitate towards. And that's Clyde and Millie, I think. Yeah.
2: This, or, I'll say I watched this first probably when I was about maybe, I would say, like, 17 or mm-hmm. 18. And uh, then I watched it, of course, again yesterday, and then I actually watched it again today. Mm-hmm. And I, when I watched it yesterday, there was a lot about it I didn't like that I remember really liking when I was younger. And then after I thought about it for a while, I realized I was watching it from a completely different Sure. Way. I mean, even just watching it at eight, though, when I watched it yesterday, I was thinking, God, these – teenagers are so stupid. Like these, all these people are so dumb. Like, I, I hate these teenagers. Uh, but then when I was thinking about it, I was like, this is exactly how like people I know. And not that, you know, we ever pulled a prank like this on someone, but right. friends of mine would talk, you know, it sounds dumb and it sounds over the top. Like Marty's character, uh, the way he plays him is very over the top, but he's completely overcompensating for, you know, how horrible his life is at home. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I, it's very different through the lens of uh, a teenager than for an adult. I, I like, having those two perspective of, perspectives of it is really interesting.
1: And I think when you show the pathology of a kid, it's really, it it's, it's, can be easily done in movies because you trace back to the parents. You just have to see a scene of them at home to really understand where their head's at. So it's those actions instead of them just sayings flat out where their head's at. So I like that. And in this mm-hmm. scene, he has that confrontation with his brother because he took the gun and he says, well, shouldn't you be in school? He says, fuck high school. You know, shouldn't you be in school? And he gets him, like, I think he pins him to the ground and uh, gets off him and he grabs a bat. You know, he, you could tell he wants to do something, Marty, to his bro. But instead he just goes out and uh, he does the direct approach with the bottle that he was trying to shoot earlier. And he says, kiss my ass, Kyle, smashes it with the bat. And I think it's a really lovely scene that encompasses his character a lot and uh so this is another really really cute thing that i am guilty of and I, maybe you guys are too but writing a list of things to talk about <laughs> when
3: you're I like
0: yeah. um i don't i don't know if i've ever gone that far but i've definitely you know i've yeah. done the thing where i've consciously prepared a statement or a casual off-the-cuff remark that was like i just had that in my back pocket waiting to use it Yep. i think
2: it yeah helped. it was cute he's so charming that she's I really like her like her performance in it too because that could be very cliche that could be that could just be very you know, seemingly a by the books, a teenage girl writing in her diary about, you know, her upcoming date. But I think, and then especially when it goes into the next scene where she's actually mm-hmm. starting to ask the questions and it almost turns into a joke that she's prepared these ahead of time. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's a nice little touch.
0: Yeah. yeah cause she, cause she is making it seem like, Hmm, just what's a random question I could ask now, but she's clearly written these all down. She's probably rehearsed them. How it's am I going to so ask him like, in what yeah. tone? What, what words? will like I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, she asks it in the previous scene. He answers it in the next scene, and it, was, it reminds me of this whole movie. Like how it's, I asked about how much you know about George. It's that ad of starting late, enter, uh, leaving early. I think this whole movie does that. Like we're going on that trip pretty quickly, and uh, we're getting out pretty quickly too. I mean, we're we're expediting to the end pretty quickly, and I like that about the movie too. But uh, they're talking, and they're on their date, and it's cute. And uh, she asks him, like, this is a deep date, because she asks him, do you believe in God? And, like, <laughs> He's like,
2: that's a weird question. You know, question.
1: <laughs> first date stuff, you know. He's like, that's really more of
0: a third date kind of a question. <laughs> and uh, It's also really it... funny to me, because like, it shows how different boys and girls are in th- these kinds of early dates. Like, she has prepared everything and he's just sitting there like staring off what into the, the distance and she's just like just answering the questions and not asking anything in like to, you know, to yeah. further the conversation, which mm-hmm. I still do to this day because I don't know how to hold a real conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rory
2: Culkin's the cool kid in school that just gazes off into the horizon thinking about whatever, you know, about the greater existential questions of the universe.
0: He's got that. He's got those Culkin eyes, which are just like, I I am thinking about things that are well beyond anyone in (laughs) in my area. That's what they look like. They look like they've got they've got thoughts that even they don't comprehend in their moment. (laughs) They've
2: they've been around the block a few times.
1: Those Culkin eyes. Um, They're not
0: quite they're not quite dead eyes. But they, no, 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 no. no. Their life is somewhere else. That's what. That's what. (laughs) Thousand yard,
1: million yard stare. Yeah, exactly. Um, So they get picked up by Rocky and the villain. As far as I'm concerned, Marty in yeah. the car, and they're off to the races. They're gonna go and pick up George at home, and we get to catch up with him for just a little bit before he gets in that car, and we get to see his home video camera in his room, which is, he has a pretty sweet setup if you ask me, like an, looks like an attic bedroom kinda deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he shows us, what is it, his television has like a weird pattern that's being played, He's like
2: he's he's got some optical illusion playing on his screen that he's then recording on his video camera. I mean, if anything, the scene one sets him up as definitely having the most money out of everyone in the in the movie. Yes, uh, yeah. But uh, the I the moment with the illusion on his TV, I actually really like just for looking back on this and knowing that he has a learning disability and he probably has Asperger's or something in that there's this crazy black and white illusion going on his TV. And he says, this is the inside of my mind. And it's yeah. like, like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's so metaphorical. It's so like, yeah. like visually metaphorical, but I love it. It's,
1: I, it's he, with him who he's, he's, a kid. I like it and I buy it. But if Kanye West tweeted it, which he most
0: likely would, I would forehead. roll my eyes so hard. <laughs> this is what my mind looks like guys to me. I, It's, and I mean, you bring up Kanye West, so there's a perfect example. This whole scene reads as just like, you're just a douchebag who's trying to be cool. Like, that's (laughs) all that it is. It's just some douchey kid. Like, yeah, look how deep and cool I could be. Like every 13 or 14 year old kid who's like going to make them, who's going to manufacture their own personality. That's what he's like. That's what this comes off as.
1: Your vibe. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle there, but my heart melts when he gives he gets in the car he sees the car pull up he gets in joins the guys and he gives sam a, like a big fucking rap gift uh, yeah and, uh, and i'm thinking oh great we're fucking doomed here <laughs> like yeah. uh, great he's um so
2: excited about it too it's like he, you know he and he specifically because he gets him he gets him a squirt gun
1: mm-hmm. and
2: and he's like and i have one at home so we can have a water war sometime it's like oh man
1: yeah yeah it's they're really tugging at the strings here with the death cab playing in the car here and uh he says it's a beautiful day for a boat trip with some buddies and like the way oh. he has a very he's a very gentle uh performance and i think just in general i don't really i'm not familiar with him as an actor but he seems like a real gentle dude josh peck uh i See, don't know to me
0: To me, it's just all. He has those kinds of statements where I'm just like, God, they know how to write a kid being douchey. Like, that's all (laughs) that comes out. What a beautiful day for like, you're 13 years old. Stop acting like you're world weary Like, you have like knowledge and experience, kid.
1: (laughs) Hey, he's not a Culkin. He's not beyond his years. He's trying to be. He's trying to be.
0: Don't try to be the Culkin in this clan. You're not the (laughs) Culkin.
1: So. There's a little drinking and driving talk between uh, Marty and George. Uh, I love George.
2: that so much. Don't he, worry. My mom said I shouldn't get in the car with someone who's been drinking and driving. Oh, don't worry. My mom gave me permission to drink and drive.
1: <laughs> and, like, he won't leave it alone. And some, most people would. Like, they get the vibe. Like, this guy's probably going to kick my ass or yell at me or something if I keep tugging at the string. And yet he's like, well, oh, I just don't think it'd be really safe. Like, even if you, you know you did have permission, like... Yeah, like, man, well, your like mom
0: that. must be really stupid. Yeah. Like, That's right, George. My mother is really stupid. <laughs> and he's just like, why don't you shut the fuck up and leave right. it at that?
1: Yeah. And uh, this is when he, he, he George ex- explains he sees things backwards and he suggests maybe he's a superior being. Sorry, did I cut you off, Charlie?
2: No, oh, no, no. You're this is, okay. this is I was just like, that that plus the dyslexic thing is where I think where you really start to get from the film, oh, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that what he just said to Marty is actually really offensive or is going to piss him off. He really doesn't understand social cues.
1: And it's it's not broad either. The that the portrayal it's it rides such a fine line between uh, like this guy is clearly um, a broad stereotype of mental health gone gone bad, and, and someone who we actually feel for. But we just can't quite get fully understand how his mind operates, you know. And uh, they go to a convenience store, and the older dudes go inside. And uh, this is when they run into Marty's older brother and his buddy Jasper, who's like a real wild
0: card. <laughs> this is this kind of thing happens throughout the movie, and it's like they pepper in these little Stand By Me, Chris Chamber, Ooh. Chris and Eyeball Chambers moments, sure. and it's like. I'm glad they didn't do it too much because for a little bit there, I was like, "All right, we're already in Oregon, so like we're we're walking that line there, and we've got two, you know, we got some kids who are doing some shit, and they've got older brothers who terrorize them."
1: If uh, that's actually JR really, I think a really apt. I got vibes of Stand By Me and Alpha Dog. You put them together, you kind of you lump it with, you kind of get Mean Creek a little bit there.
2: (laughs) Um, I didn't think of the Alpha Dog thing. I like Stand By Me combined with Alpha Dog. That'd be quite a movie. A Stand standard. by alpha dog.
1: <laughs> Stand by your alpha dog. Uh, there's a cow spanking alibi that's uh, it's kind of sweaty that's trying to be passed by Marty here and, and Rocky at the convenience store to the bro and Jasper. And I guess they buy it. And as they leave, Jasper pranks them by running behind their car. So when they back up, they hit him. I guess the prank's on you guys. I got hit by a car.
0: i yeah i don't understand like the 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 fine line of of pranking and just being stupid (laughs) is really like you know like there's things like this where people do like it's a movie thing where somebody pulls this kind of prank like who's the who's the idiot who's just like watch this like let me go break my arm that's
2: where like (laughs) watching this again like this in that moment i'm thinking you're this is you're stupid you you teenagers and i don't think they're teenagers because they're at a bar later drinking but like you're this is such a stupid prank a stupid thing to do but i can say that's definitely something my cousin did to me and my brother when, when we were at my grandma's <laughs> house one time i mean especially boys especially guys like Teenage, like stupid teenage guys, they think that's super funny when you make someone think <laughs> you run them over with a car, you know. I mean, it's like it's just I, a dumb prank, it doesn't, it's not funny at all, but they think it's hysterical.
1: Yeah. we you know, we are, we're just a few Culkins, that's all we are, <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're um, ahead of our time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they go down just a road, and now we're, we're kind of off to the races. They walk into the woods. They discuss poison oak. Marty tells a, a charming story about poison oak and his wiener. And uh, Millie gets stung by something, and she might stay behind. And once again, we get an example of George's
0: wonderful cues. She doesn't really get stung by something, though. To like, I think she was just doing that to, yeah, to hold Rory back a minute. Was she? Like, yeah, because uh, yeah. like, yeah, he looks at it. He's like, "There's no bite." Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And,
1: and, and George comes up, he's like, it might be a tick. I might have to, we might have to burn it and like cut my, cut it out with a like, knife, like really nasty details. Just, hey, get the fuck out of here. Millie so basically to George, but
3: he's
1: and, trying uh, to
2: help. Like that, yeah. that's the thing is like, he's trying to help. He doesn't, like, he, he's like, Oh, I've read about this. I can totally help out in this situation. If it's mm. a tick, we got to do this and this and this, I can help you. So like, let me help you. He's really trying to, contribute to the group he just doesn't get it
1: right and uh millie's told that george millie's told that george is gonna run home naked as their prank that's the we finally pull off the curtain and that's what the big uh plan is Uh, well mr bond i'm going to make you run home naked
2: strip him naked and throw him in the river
1: (laughs) and uh he he asks the thanos question would you would you snap him and she says no because i'm like I'm a good person, basically, and uh, she asks him to promise that they won't do anything mean to him at this creek. Don't make it a mean creek. <laughs> <laughs> creek.
0: This is going to be a fun creek. It's going to be a friendly, joyful experience. Creek,
2: friendly fjord.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: and uh, he says he'll tell Rocky. Hey, listen, uh, like I'll I'll go I'll pass along the information. So they get the boat ready on the water. No life jackets. Peck smokes some weed. I think it's because. Rocky says he doesn't smoke, and that's when Peck's, like, triggered, you know? Smokes he, says,
2: a, he smokes a cigarette.
1: Oh, does he? Okay. I thought yeah, it was a little but, weed.
2: Because he's like, he's like uh, I've smoked before. He's clearly never smoked before. He's like, yeah, I've cold smoked a pack of American, men- American Spirit menthols.
1: <laughs> so
0: specific.
2: What and if I told like, you American Spirit doesn't make menthols?
0: That's right. <laughs> he makes them look like an idiot. Yeah, um, it's so many of those kids you went to school with, and it's just he's talking himself up to make himself seem cooler. And you're like, You haven't done any of this yet, you moron. Yeah.
1: Um, Sam kind of gets uh, Rocky aside, and he says, I don't think we should go through with it. And he says, uh, I think you should reconsider because maybe deep down George is a dick. And so Rocky's still kind of moving forward with the plan, but he sees his brother and he cares for his brother, so he's keeping it in mind. And Rocky says he's being nice to get something out of you guys. That's, that's He has motivation here. And uh, he's interrupted by Peck. And he suggests using his knife to help him cut or a rope that he's uh, using. And, uh, and they say, no, George, get out of here. And uh, he says he's going to go talk to Marty about it, you know, the ringleader of the whole thing. And uh, Clyde is told he's going to call it off. But now Marty doesn't have the news yet. So away they go. And uh, he brought the camera along. That's important. George has his uh, home video camera on the boat the whole time. Intermittently, he'll cut and he'll just kind of ask a question every now and then to someone. And I'll like, get
0: the camera out of my face. And then he'll mm. cut. And I, I'll say, this is accurate, too, because I was that fucking idiot shoving his camera in people's <laughs> faces camera.
3: Like, what do you
1: think of this? Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh, of this experience, Marley like Shelton?
1: It's a beautiful day for a boat <laughs> ride, you guys, with some friends. Yeah, And uh, he, there's he some beat nice boxes. There's some nice
2: foreboding in, uh, in his uh, whoever didn't bring life jackets on a boat's a moron.
1: <laughs> foreboding? No. Um, so there's some beatboxing by Pac. Good there, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Sam <laughs> cracks a little bit. And we see on his face that he's starting to like George a little bit. And, you know, by proxy, perhaps maybe Rocky and Millie are too. And uh, he calls the young uh, Clyde... He calls him a fag. Everybody keeps calling him a fag throughout this movie because he has two gay dads.
0: Not since an Eddie Murphy special have I heard the <laughs> word faggot tossed around so casually uh, in this. Like, there's a lot of uses of it in this movie. And, uh, but to be fair, two thousand four, like a bully probably. I mean, bullies probably still use the word, but like, I feel like in the last fifteen years, it's subsided at least. You know, like we've. I think. I think I the world I, has somewhat done its part. Somewhat.
2: I think I'll say that, like, well, for one thing, in 2004, that's one of the things I was remembering, uh, is 2004 was like bully central time. I mean, all the focus in schools and with parents was on bullying. Like, Dare was dead. No one was doing Dare anymore. But so I mean, it was all about bullying.
0: They were making video games about it, for Christ's sakes. Like, bullying was yeah. popular, like a big subject.
2: Yeah. Hmm. and But, I mean, and no one you know, these kids were just on the cusp of, you know, the years of being able to have a cell phone or anything. Like, there, were, there wasn't really any social media. There wasn't really cyberbullying. So these kids were all doing this in school. But in terms of, like, the word, I think, especially the fact that he has two dads, I think this, just speaking about how you mentioned that you haven't seen, heard the word used so much since, you know, an Eddie Murphy comedy special. Yeah. Um, I think I will say that between then and now, the word, because... Um, you know, gay rights have become much more mainstream, and and the idea of homosexuality is is so much more part of the culture now that the word has sort of fallen because of its such a negative connotation. I right. mean, uh, you know, like as a gay man, I hear the word probably more than anyone because it's used almost as like a mean term of endearment within the community now. I don't really like. Hear hey, it bitch, from,
0: you going out yeah. tonight? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, like you yeah. reclaimed it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Basically, yeah, we've reclaimed it. But I remember, like, I mean, in you know, yeah, I remember in 2004. If it was a word I heard, it was definitely a very, very aggressively used word. Cutting, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it it cut for sure. Yeah, And
0: and it's and it's also interesting the fact that they make this. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The fact that this kid has two gay dads is interesting because it's like. I like the way that they, like, the word doesn't even bother. Like, he's so unfazed by it because he's just like, dude, well, I've heard. You, see him, I, he's, he's, you I wrong? see him, he's
1: boiling up a little bit. When, yeah. Uh, a little bit I, later Maybe I'm
0: not on. remembering it as well. But I, I, I remember getting a sense of, like, oh, this kid is above this, like, already. Like, he's heard sure. it already, you know? I
2: think Clyde's also the kid where he's just not going to respond. He's he I, I, I can tell it hurts him. I really can. Especially, yeah. like, I mean, how many people... Did, I, I didn't know anyone growing up that had, you know, homosexual parents at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I barely knew any gay people until I got to college, but Clyde also Clyde's not gay as far as we know, you know, his right. dads are gay, but Clyde, right. isn't, you don't know that Clyde's gay. So he's the one being called this when it really has nothing to do with him. And it's just his home situation. Yeah. So, it,
0: to me, I just, I, and, and I, I guess I'd have to, this is my one viewing of it. I'd have to watch it again, but like, I got a sense of like this kid is above it because he's just, like, he. his parents have already been, like, dude, Yeah. here's here's the word, and here's what they're trying to do to you, you know, so, like, I don't know, I got a sense of, like, he's already, like, dude, yeah, you're, you're wasting your time on me with exactly. this. Exactly, yeah.
2: There's, um, there's a line – this comes later, and I won't get into it too much, but Clyde just say something later like about how he never does anything to anyone. He's not an instigator. Yes. He's not a bully. He doesn't egg anyone on. And so he's yeah. just – even if he's pissed off, he's not the guy that's going to talk back at you.
1: Yeah. I, I really – that comes up a little bit later. I appreciate Clyde's uh, bravery in this movie throughout. Uh, Marty offers some weed, I think, in this scene and some beer to Sam, and Peck says <sighs> – he doesn't do it. I don't I don't smoke weed. I'm going to waiting till I'm 24 cuz it uh, stunts your growth. That's what I heard. So, you know, I'm not going to do that. He's done
2: it. He's done it before and he hallucinated about a little <laughs> little blue man. blue man. I like I think this I like this just because I think so many TV shows, so much media uses marijuana in like visualizes marijuana in such the wrong way or drugs yeah. in general that like people always make jokes about people hallucinating on marijuana and you don't you don't really you don't hallucinate when you're exactly smoking.
0: dude. I have smoked a lot of weed in my day in single uses or single situations and never once have I hallucinated. So right. Right. it yeah. doesn't happen. No. And yeah, it's right. one of those misconceptions that Hollywood has. Somehow gotten into everyone's brains like this is what it does, but it's uh, you know at the same time it's 2004 yet you know Seth Rogen hasn't allowed us all to smoke weed yet. That's <laughs> the, we're not in the world where he said it's cool, guys. you can all do it.
1: Um, yeah, I was always it's funny you guys say that because we we do our we used to do a sketch show called Marijuana Rama. It was all pot themed sketch show. Then I was always trying to come no, no, up no. with the
0: perfect. We still do the show. Yeah. It's just been on okay. hiatus.
1: I was trying to come up with the perfect sketch where it was basically exemplifying that like guys this is not the way it should be and I couldn't quite find the right angle but I will find the right angle but that's I'm gonna put a pin in that So frankly
2: the only the only movie I've ever seen that really perfectly visualizes any drug use is midsummer and uh, that I mean just the cool. way that they do mushrooms so we don't have to get into that right now
1: yeah midsummer is <laughs> awesome. Uh, there's some more drifting and they see some cows and they eat sandwiches on a rocky shore. And Peck, like, he's the guy who says, you'll have to give me the recipe sometime.
3: <laughs>
0: like, For peanut butter and jelly. And <laughs> they call him Peanut out butter and it jelly. <laughs> it's
1: like Ass. something I, that's what I would say on the trip. Hey, give me the recipe. Eh? Yeah, but you'd um,
0: say it ironically. He says it in earnest.
1: <laughs> um, so Rocky and, and Marty discuss calling it off how many times are, how many times
0: are you about to say bullwinkle throughout this thing I, <laughs> I, as we mentioned rocky i'm like i know that my first thought is like and bullwinkle like no i keep well
1: it's like i, it's, I keep looking down on my notes and it's rocky and and marty but it kind of looks like ricky and morty and so uh, like, <laughs> i'm getting a little twisted there um so he says so marty's like He says, uh, oh, you want to call it off? First you get me all juiced up. Make me steal my mom's car. Make me babysit a bunch of brats in a boat when I could be watching TV on a Saturday. We're doing this, man. Yeah,
0: I, I was really looking forward to beating up a minor. I am going through with this. Hey folks, Jer here. You know, unfortunately, since we're all stuck in quarantine, we don't really have any celebrity guests popping by our studios lately. But that's okay, because that gives me enough time to talk to you about the Versity Blood Centers. You know, people need people, and the Versity Blood Centers are bringing people together through the life-saving gift of blood donation. Every two seconds, someone needs blood, and by the end of this ad, that's going to be at least 15 people. And probably more because I tend to ramble sometimes when I'm left to my own devices. Make sure that your community has enough blood by donating at Versity Blood Centers. Versity Blood Centers provide blood to the community hospitals where you live and work. Your blood donation can help trauma victims, surgery patients, premature babies, people with anemia, cancer patients, and many, many more. I'm not trying to, like, sound like a car salesman here, but I'm just letting you know how much your blood can be used. Blood is a vital thing precious resource and i'm not talking a resource like oil or coal or vibranium or screams i've got a two-year-old he's been watching a lot of monsters inc lately But no, blood can literally save lives and the blood donation process only takes about an hour and the blood collection itself only takes about 10 minutes and donating blood can be a beacon of hope for somebody else. Type O negative is the universal blood type and can be given to any patient regardless of their blood type. And My wife happens to be a universal blood donor so if you ever need blood, who knows, you might be getting it from my wife. Learn more about Versity's life-saving mission, find a blood drive or donation center near you, and schedule your next appointment at versity.org. That's V-R-S-I-T-I dot org. All right, let's get back to the show. And uh, Rocky, he uh, he feels sorry. He feels sorry for George, not Marty. He
1: says, everyone's a vagina. Like He's like, everyone doesn't want to do it. And he's like that's his retort. And uh, he wonders if uh, push will come to shove. And he says, if that happened, would you have my back? He starts, like, inferring that, you know, playing that card as, as Rocky walks away. So it's all out there now. Marty knows nobody wants to do it. And uh, Peck, this is a key scene here. Peck reflects on his bullying with Clyde, and we just talked about this scene. Clyde's response, I, I, ne- I, don't, I never did anything, is what he says well, to him about. Yeah,
2: well, uh, Peck is like, uh, he's like, you know, do you remember that time in middle school when I smacked you over the head with the bat? I was trying to remember why I did it. And he goes, you know, you must have. What did you do? And he's like, I didn't do anything. He was like, well, you must have done something. Nobody attacks for no reason. And They're like, you always attack for no reason. Like Clyde, he says, I'd never do anything uh, to anyone. And that's when you get little flashes of, of bully uh, George again. Whenever, you know, he says, you always attack for no reason. And he's like, hey, Sam, shut your trap. You know, it's yeah, he's, he's been a right. fun friend until they start calling him out again. And now he's like, now he's an asshole again.
0: The mm-hmm. second he has to be even, like, a fraction on the defense is when he goes, like, from He's zero challenged. to
1: 60. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Peck tells him to shut his trap. And uh, everything's chill until Marty drops the anchor. And this is a, the key scene here, I think. Pecky, yeah. Peck, Pecky, I call him Peck, shows the, the squirt gun off until they play a game of truth or dare. And this was when they were going to do it. And they still, well, let's see here. Clyde is hesitant. But Millie says, "Proceed
0: with the game." <laughs> yeah, so, I I really appreciated the fact that like nobody really wants to play the Truth or Dare at first because they know what it's going to lead to. But <clears throat> Peck is just pushing everybody's buttons just a little bit. Yeah, and I, like, I love the fact that it's the girl who's finally like, you know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and play. I've had enough of this fucker.
2: Yeah, because she's the one. She's the one. She's the moral compass of this movie, and she's the one who wanted to do it the least. But it and it's I think it's interesting with with Peck because he's trying to fit in, but he's emulating Marty to fit in because Marty is the, you know, Marty's the coolest one of the group. He smokes he's the drugs also. and yeah, yeah he, he drinks, he does drugs, you know, all this stuff. He's, he's the cool one. So because they don't want to do it and Marty does, you know, the, like pussy number one, pussy yep. number two, pussy number three. And she's just like done. I mean, and <laughs> you know, she, that one moment of start the game, Clyde is just like, mm. you know what? He does deserve something yeah. here.
1: Maybe she, you start wondering, like, maybe the, he can learn other things from this lesson, not just to beat up people, but just other things, uh, depending on how this goes down. All right, let's see how it unfolds. And the first thing is a truth. And uh, Clyde asks, I think, Rocky, he asks, in 20 words or more, or more, what was the last thing you thought of when you were masturbating?
3: <laughs> That's
0: when... And this is yeah. this is the first of a series of disgusting things that teenagers do in movies together. I don't know what everyone's obsession with whipping out your dick is when you're a teenager, <laughs> but I've never been in a group of people where you're like, hey, man, let me see your dick. <laughs> see that dick, man. See it.
2: Fun yeah. fact with Rocky's Truth or Dare: the first thing he says is just Susie Johnson, and of course he elaborates after when Josh Peck calls him out. But yeah. <laughs> the fun fact there is Susie Johnson is one of the producers in the movie, and in the commentary oh. they're like, "Yeah, it's funny she's the producer." And I'm thinking, how did Susie Johnson feel about you using her name in in your truth about masturbating?
0: Oh, like, right. This I get, this like, child this, was thinking about me last time he beat off. Great.
2: I get like Easter egg call outs, but that's a weird place to put the name of someone you know.
0: That is a weird place. Um, know what? That's a pretty generic sounding name too, so like well
1: true. Um what what's the he stops at the most interesting part in his little story he's like all right i have to elaborate so i was masturbating i was sitting on the toilet and she got down and that's 20 words so that's it (laughs) like i think she gave him a blumpkin in this fantasy which is really (laughs) disgusting
2: (laughs) um the word blumpkin (laughs) alone
0: is (laughs) i mean the word should not be more disgusting than the act itself that's my general rule (laughs)
2: Teenager came up with that word,
0: so <laughs> nobody requests this thing. Like, oh, she gave me a plumpkin; it was awesome. <laughs> you, know. you do it because you're like, oh, that'd be hilarious to make her go through that, <laughs> dude. Maybe some people get off on that. I don't want to. I don't want to know those people. <laughs> I would. I would jump off the boat and I'd swim home. <laughs> if so, he like, yeah, so then I start taking a shit. I'm like, Psh, I'm in the water. <laughs> I, <laughs> i'll find
1: that's my cool.
3: own way back guys <laughs>
1: so the next is the dare and they dare sam to kiss millie for 30 seconds and marty like
0: hey i dare you to sexually assault her like that's or, a, like he's, you don't have a she, say in this millie she consents she does but like they weren't giving her that option
1: well and but marty he like pushed his Pushes their heads together. That's the part that rubs me the wrong way. He's like, make, you know, hold hands, you love birds. And he smashes their faces together.
0: I want to beat uh, up a minor and I want to see two of them make out. That's what my day is. Otherwise, I can get home watching
2: TV. Yeah. See, the, the, but right when that's happening, though, the part you said that's the part that bothers you, what bothers me, and this is another point they, I think they add in to sort of keep you from sympathizing with Josh Peck anymore, is he's recording this. And he points the camera at, you know, Millie's crotch. And, well, like, they don't, you know, her arm, you know, she's, her arm's in the way. Like, they, of course, they make efforts not to, they're not going to even hint at showing anything.
0: Yeah, but, it's not, it's not Breakfast it's, Club disturbing. It's, it's just a shot well, of some legs. I think
1: that was a nice little flourish, actually, to really, like, it's kind of like a litmus test to the, the audience. Like, how, do you hate him now? How about now, yeah, you know? Just, um, just, and at that point, that I did sick. see that. And I thought, ooh, you, you just lost some points, but I don't want you dead yet. Uh, so they make out. Sam dares Marty to pull down his pants and show... The- Culkin's delivery. It's a Culkin <laughs> delivery. He says, Very and I'm going to try and imitate it. He says, uh, I dare you to pull down your pants and show us that famous dick of yours for 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like,
1: really, really <laughs> serious, like, really... Yeah. Um, so... Peck uh, shoots his dick with the water gun. He, he goes through with it. He's like, close your eyes, Millie. I don't want to, you know, go to jail. And, thank uh, God. Yeah.
0: Someone. But, look. Tell, but, but, yeah, but that, I mean, thank God at least she, like, actually, like, show her covering. Like, because, I mean, right. it's so much more disturbing when uh, there's just this one girl. I mean, I can't talk about it because if I talk about it, I'm going to get grossed out because the context <laughs> surrounding the scene is disturbing you, more than the actual ever, scene.
1: Do you remember now and then? I yeah, remember movie.
0: the movie, but I don't remember anything in it.
1: There's that scene where they watch the guys in the, the lake naked, and they're like watching their dicks. And they're like, it's not that big. Like, it reminded me of that scene. In, I don't uh, recall now- that.
3: Uh- <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he shows off his dick. Peck shoots his dick with a water gun. And then he makes a crack about, because he's kind of caught up in the moment. He makes a crack about Marty's dad, which is a big fucking no-no. Because uh, earlier his brother said you don't you do you don't talk about dad like there's some there's a, that's a button for him, and uh, he says I'll fucking kill you if you ever talk about my dad. You don't know anything about my dad, and Peck backs off to his credit, and uh, that's when we get the dare. That's when the whole thing kind of culminates. First he dares Peck to strip naked and go in the water, and he says I pick truth though, and then we start to get some tension. We see that look on Marty's face, you know. And uh, Marty tells George the truth. and He tells him the truth. The whole fuck the game. He asks Sam. Sam's like, confirm with me. We invited you here under the pretense that you would go boating with us. But it was a lie because we wanted to prank you. And he says, is that true, Sam? And Sam confirms. And uh, Marty still doesn't like George. Uh, they tell George the whole truth. Sam apologizes. It's not even his birthday, and I think that's like the real trigger for George. Yeah, is it even
2: your birthday? And
1: uh, Marty snaps, and so does Peck. And Marty snaps because Peck is just firing off on everybody now. They they chime. Millie chimes in. He says, "Shut the fuck up, you stupid fucking bitch." And like Clyde comes in, he says, "Shut up, you, you know." And uh, and Marty's just sitting there on the other side of the boat like a like a dog. Uh, Yeah
2: an alpha dog yes
1: (laughs) and uh that's when he starts making cracks about his his dead dad and we find out the truth about marty's dad is that he i guess he blew his own brains out uh george found that out through his mom
0: and george is all like your dad was a loony a loony (laughs) loony
1: loony Corey feldman grabs him through the fence and chopper <laughs>
0: says he's gonna rip off his neck and shit down it, or rip off his head and shit down his neck.
1: You know, I was watching Goonies today. This movie could have been Goonies if just some people just <laughs> were friendlier and nicer together. They could have found treasure. Floss. <laughs> but uh, this is when it happens. He he keeps he will not shut up. He keeps saying your dad blew his brains out. He what does he chant like verbatim? Says.
2: Daddy splattered his brains all over the wall, because apparently, apparently that's how his mom told him that what happened. Like she, the line she used was "Daddy splattered his brains all over the wall," which is Ugh. a horrible way to tell your child yeah. about someone committing suicide.
3: Wow.
1: But, um, he keeps chanting it, and we're sitting at home going, "Dude, what the fuck?" And Marty's, you see that vein and he he's about to charge him and, and and Rocky tries to hold him back and in the, in the madness he falls
0: off the boat
1: what happens exactly
0: uh, something it they don't make it so that one of the I, I feel like it's an accident where he falls cuz I don't feel like anyone directly pushes him off and I feel like that's probably a conscious choice
2: So they Rocky does push him
0: Oh he and, does push him
2: Yeah and they they do they comment on that the only time that's ever really confirmed is at the very very end and of course we can talk about that later but they have a line where right. it, it is confirmed that rocky does it but it's one of those i do like that it's one of those things where it it really could have been anyone in the moment like it, it could have happened to like anyone could have accidentally done it but the tension that builds in that moment as he's shouting shouting you know daddy splattered his brains all over the wall everyone starts to lose it I mean, yeah. Rocky is just shut the fuck up, George, shut the fuck up. And Millie's, you know, yeah. no one says, talks to people that way. Everyone's losing it in their own way. And Rocky's trying to hold Marty back. So like Rocky doesn't want Marty to do anything to George because he knows he'll do something 10 times worse than whatever, you know, what else might happen. And I think right. in just trying to hold Marty back, you know, he turns around and you tells George to shut up and your natural inclination is to just push him away. And he just happens to push him over the side of the boat.
0: Yeah. And then this is where, I mean, you can, you gotta, you kind of have to do it for the story, but I feel like the next sequence of events don't With the camera. Yeah. Okay, I knew you going
2: to, I knew someone was going to bring that
0: up. <laughs> like, give me a br- Well, first of all, here's my thing. And like, yeah. I'm sure there are kids who are like this, but at his age, how do you not know how to tread water? Like it's simple as that. Like, I Mm. I don't understand how, again, I believe that there are people who probably cannot swim even as adults, but how Mm. do you not know how to kick and tread water? I just don't get it. Like, it seems like like something that's common sense.
2: One of my best friends does not know how to tread water. I tried to teach her how to swim one time and she just, she, she couldn't do it. She wouldn't do it, but I, I I will. So I'm not, I, I will say that, you know, of course it's, somewhat unbelievable that this kid doesn't even know how to tread water, but if anyone didn't, I would think it was George that yeah. didn't know how to do it. Yeah.
0: And, and that's why I give the movie a little bit of credit, but it's like, you're you are asking me to reach a little bit into, uh, or to suspend mm. a little bit of my disbelief, and then you're asking me to suspend it even further, which what happens right after this.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with the water treading it, uh, I guess maybe partially with the camera, but even that, I think the force of the rapid the fjord and the camera hitting him in the, the head, uh, is enough uh, for me. No,
0: for me, no, for me, because that camera is like, it's like a Polaroid camera. Like it's, it's a small, it's a relatively small video camera. It's like a so mini TV me, camera. He, with a he needed lights. like, he needed to get his head whacked on a rock or something like that for mm-hmm. his head to hit the video camera. And I get that. It's like, it's part of the shot. It's like, you know, that's how they're, you know, depicting this, uh, visually. Kind but cool, still, yeah. uh-huh. I still think that you could have probably had the camera pan a little bit and shown something else that like a sharp rock yeah. something, yeah, what I don't do think, think that the, I don't believe that the camera could do it. What do you think, Charlie?
2: I think the this is one of those things where it's like, I, you know, of course, I could come out and just say it doesn't really matter. and I think it, it in the <laughs> long run, it doesn't necessarily. And, you know, what what I'd say is if I had to give it an excuse, the excuse I would use is it was attached with a wristband around his arm and he's flailing his arms around Mm. and the camera. It's 2004, so it's not an iPhone. You know, it's not he's not wearing a GoPro. It's still it's like a Polaroid, but it's still Mm. a Polaroid camera. And I would Mm. you know, it is wrapped around his, his arm. And I could only imagine that when he's flailing his arms around above the water the camera comes maybe from uh, above on his wrist and he slams it himself right into his head Unlike, i still yeah. this is the one thing i would say in this movie that i'm like i don't know guys that was a pretty loud sound effect you put in there of his head yeah. hitting the camera but <laughs> i but would I, uh, I, I let it pass
1: i'd like to think so that fun. it's a combination of him not being able to swim, the camera maybe perhaps uh, concussing him, and then as in he drowns in the process. It's like a combination of the hit and the the water.
2: Yeah. and maybe I that's think the it. the Blood was unnecessary. They do they have that little moment where you see some blood coming out of his yeah. head, and I think that was, that was unnecessary. But mm-hmm. but it's it's fine. It's you know.
0: Yeah, and. At this point, I, I will say that i I genuinely thought going into this movie that the premise was going to be, we're going to lure this kid into the into the, the river and kill him. Like I thought this was yeah. a much darker movie going into it. And I'm like, oh, no, this was all just an accident, like, or at least as close to an accident as it can be. Like it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't as heavy as I was expecting. I was expecting some murder. Marty, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so,
1: like straight up, stab him with his own pocket knife is what I yeah. was expecting. Uh, cause he's got that knife and he, he you know, Chekhov's knife, his yeah. pocket knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, George, he falls in the water, washes up on stream. The, they panic. Uh, Millie tries to give him mouth to mouth CPR. She's, he's a big guy. She's trying to, she's, she's trying to give him, uh, mouth to mouth resuscitation. She's, he's big. And, uh, George, he doesn't wake up. He's dead. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah. Col- I, I
2: got to give it, sorry, what? go ahead.
1: No, no, no. You... I
2: was going to say, I, I just I got to give it to her in that scene, too, because I think especially for a child actor, um, yeah. her, her, her little breakdown there. And I think this moment after this that you're about to that we're about to talk about with them sort of after this has happened and them dealing with it is is brilliant from all of them. But she just I, I think she really stepped up in performance wise coming into that little sequence right there. I've always been I'm always really impressed when that when that part comes up and she's Trying yeah. so hard to revive him, I get the abyss reminiscence from that <laughs> with, uh, with Ed Harris. Fight, fight,
1: fight! I I was in drama club. I was, you know, I I couldn't do what she did in this scene. Uh, so and and Colkin, it's just another day at the office for Mister Colkin. <laughs> <laughs> And he vomits, and he just does that thousand-yard stare, but this time he's got a little mist in the eyes, and he's just like, oh, well, what the fuck are we going to do next? Like, huh? you know, I've got a mortgage, I've got three kids, <laughs> I don't know what to fucking do.
0: I'm trying to kick pills, I, I just, there's so much going on.
1: Uh, Marty suggests it might have been his fate. He's already rationalizing the death, and Rocky does not buy it, because he's a good guy, <laughs> and... Uh, Clyde apologizes
0: repeatedly to George. Really emotional, heavy scene, because he lays with him uh, right that, there on shore. That hit me the hardest. When he's literally laying there next to the dead kid because he doesn't know what else to do. It, like That was what actually hurt me the most in this scene.
2: I mean, this this moment of all of them going off on their own and dealing with this, It's I think it's my favorite part of the movie. And I, I'll come back again to the score behind this movie. This is like an original score for the film. And... I have this on my film playlist that I, for when I'm reading and I have film music behind it when I'm reading something depressing, obviously <laughs> But um, this moment when they all go off on their own, when, you know uh, when Rory Culkin's with Carly Schroeder and they're, you know, she's just breaking down. She's like, we're never going to be forgiven for this. And Clyde's laying next to his body. They don't know how to process this. This is where I think it differentiates really where the movie differentiates for me from other teen, sort of like even less comedic, but Heather's type things where, like how, these kids have no idea how to deal with this. And this is a yeah. perfect sort of realistic grounded way of showing something like this happening. You know, they don't I think they don't start scheming immediately. How do we get out of this? You know, or they don't start immediately coming up with excuses as to what happened. This is a this can't be real sort of situation.
0: And I love the immediate um like, cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've been in these situations where I've lost a little bit of control in that situation and like immediately, like as almost as something is happening, you're like, I regret everything that just yeah. led up to this moment. And so like for them to like have to sit with this and just be like, yeah. and not know what to do. Yeah. To, I, I, I loved how much time they actually like, let them just be silent and deal with it.
2: I want to mention this, too, real quick, just because I think it gets missed. But uh, right when Trevor Morgan and Marty and Rocky go off on their own, Trevor Morgan has this line that I never knew until I watched it with subtitles randomly one time. Um, Right before Marty says it was his fate, Trevor Morgan says, um, I wanted him dead on the boat. I wanted him dead before I pushed him off the boat. Now he is. And I think there's this. It's it's the When I first saw it on subtitle, I rewound it because I was like, did he really just say that? And when I think back on it now, especially watching it again and watching Rocky through the rest of the movie, he completely blames himself in that moment because he's the one that jumped in to try and save him. He's the Mm -hmm. immediately, as soon as he stopped resurfacing, he jumped in to try and save him. And I know Rocky is like from that line already thinking in his mind, I caused this or, you know, "Did, did this happen because I wanted him? I... I wanted him dead in the passion of that moment.
1: Right. I think it would be easy, and I'm getting ahead, for Marty to go off the deep end, for the movie to make him make that left turn, perhaps hunt each of the kids out of are <laughs> going to be witnesses. But this movie, and the and I think how why it's going to stand the test of time, ultimately, is, is how they react to this. They do the right thing. So I'm, getting, I'm, going, I'm getting ahead of myself here uh, for the most part. And, if, and it's so easy to put them in that situation that's more cinematic than something that's more real. And I appreciate that. Um, so, and Millie um, uh, runs off. Culkin tells her they didn't do anything. He says that to her. He
2: says and, she didn't do anything.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah,
2: you, she's, you know, we're never going to be forgiven for what we did. You didn't do anything. Right, yeah.
1: Okay. And... Uh, Marty hunts for the video camera. That's what I'm thinking. If I'm going to at least empathize a little with these people in this situation is find that camera. And if you're going to go through with destroying the evidence, which you probably shouldn't do, you know, do it. Like, think like a smart criminal if you're going to be criminals in this situation is basically what
0: saying. <laughs> My thing is stop thinking like a criminal. <laughs> You've just committed a major crime. <laughs> enough is enough. You've gone far. Right. Well, even
2: Clyde, even Clyde says, you know we're kids. This is, this was a prank that went wrong. This sort of stuff happens to us all the time. We'll get off. You know, it's not like he's trying to say, you know, I'm not sorry that this happened, but he says, we'll get off. You know, this, this, Mm -hmm. this was an accident. Marty just doesn't, you know, I mean, if anyone's going to get in trouble for this, it's going to be Marty. I don't think any of them are 18, but Marty's definitely the closest. I thought about
3: that.
1: And I thought, is Marty thinking that too? Like, fuck you kids. You don't understand. Like, I'm not going to be treated the same way as you, but he doesn't have any lines that mention that at all. But I thought about that too. Um, But yeah, he says says
2: something like getting raped every night in prison for the rest of your life. That's like a kid's like,
1: and I guess, and it is true, but like sort of, I guess, but like that is a very kid, like look at prison,
0: like every night. Like, yeah, uh, you walk down the cafeteria line, you get your tray, you bend media, down for your daily drop raping. Drop your and, pants. <laughs> yep. All right. And you it's go outside, day. you play a pickup game of basketball. Yeah, <laughs> pretty
1: much. Um, so it, not, not a lot of people have sympathy for people who throw fat kids in the river. It's all fear-based with Marty. He acted tough, and now all this like a, this aggressive behavior is out of fear, and maybe it always was. And we're finding that out through this situation here.
2: And uh, I he mean, isn't
0: they, that the root of all bullying, though? Like, they're, you know, they're, they're afraid, it's afraid of something. the heart of
2: it. Yeah. Um,
1: well,
2: they... I mean, it's like you said earlier, you know, there's, Jeremy, it's like you said earlier, there's so many levels of bullying throughout this movie that just trickle down from the top. I mean, you can tell that, as far as we know, Marty's parents are the only ones that were maybe abusive, but, you know, his brother down to him, him down to Clyde, you know, it's it just, it trickles I down. I mean,
0: There's even a school of of thought that like anger itself is only a form of either sadness or fear. Fear, yeah. yeah. Um, I would agree with that. You know, I've had enough therapy that (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) I've 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 right dealt with it like the the idea of it, but yeah, like I don't know. uh, When you're afraid of these situations, you're definitely gonna react in a harsh way.
1: And exactly, and I'd say the situation is kind of what unveils. Kieran shows how you truly, who you truly are, and uh, he says they need to bury the body because he's scared, and uh, Clyde says it'll make it look like they did it. No, that's stupid, and we're, th- you're the voice of reason, Clyde. Uh, it was an accident. It happens all the time. He says it, it does, and it, it does. Um, no one needs to know that they schemed beforehand because that's the shady part. Is the arrangement of picking him up under the pretense of the the boating and everything? It's very nefarious seeming. Yeah. Uh, Marty pins Clyde down, makes him go along with it because he threatens him, and that's when uh, they kind of they they're about to take like a blood pack, but they he, like Marty bails because Millie oh, see, doesn't want to.
2: I love that moment though because I think again i always i can think about all the other you know teen movies that do this sort of shit and the the cliche thing is to sit down and take a blood pact that you're not going to tell yeah. anyone about what you did and then what happens after that is some psycho ghost killer comes and starts taking out you and your friends one by one but <laughs> the you know the they they start doing this blood pact and and millie's literally like i'm not gonna do it this isn't safe yeah <laughs> you know cutting she goes with
1: she, she says, like, she's like, "I'm
2: not cutting my finger with the same knife as everyone else." And it's Marty
1: contaminated. Says, it's not yeah. contaminated,
3: <laughs> bro.
2: <laughs> and Marty says it was a it was a big joke anyway. And I love that line because I think it really is what separates this particular movie and this situation in this movie from all of the other movies that do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You could very easily, I know what you did last summer. This movie and yeah, have, you know. Go through with it and try and live with the rest live with this the rest of their lives but that's not what would happen
1: exactly it's almost like mean creek looks at all these uh, those other movies and they're like oh that's cute we're gonna do the real thing here you know
0: i'm just like what the f- who, what the fuck with the blood-packed bullshit like who
2: it doesn't mean anything right it's a thing it's like this movie is saying
0: it's like right. hey I, I i pinky promised you man i wouldn't tell <laughs> <laughs> a We blood pinky promised on it yeah Shut the um, up with your blood-packed. Right. Oh,
3: HPV,
1: promise. Yeah. <laughs> Millie, uh, yeah, she stops them. And, and Marty Storms obviously says it's a big joke anyway. And that's when they start digging with their hands. And it's oh a very God. shallow grave. It's,
0: it's pretty funny, but also, like, when you think about the fact that they're digging a grave with their hands and it's, like, a foot and a half deep. It's yeah, <laughs> It's funny, but it's dark at the same time.
1: Someone's going to trip on his shoe, like as they're just walking by. Like that's how shallow we're talking, and uh,
0: you don't have any tools whatsoever to dig the hole, and it's all dry ground.
1: Here's the here's the visual scene that's telling that that requires the read in, and that's the millie snail scene here, I think. Um, this is, she, her, her guilt starts to manifest in, in a very interesting way in this movie. And we don't really get to explore it for too long because this movie is so tight, but it starts here, doesn't it? With the snail.
2: Yeah. Well, and then what she, what she, uh, you know, you, did you see the word she's carving it? She's got the pocket knife and you see the word she's carving into the log before the thing with the snail. I did What
1: was she, the word?
2: She carves the word snap into the,
1: oh, into the log, which,
2: could be very sort of uh, maybe pretentious for callback sure. uh, call to to the comment before, but I think it being stuck in her head, I could see her, or I could see why she would do that. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely where she starts to really turn. It is a little. It's
1: I don't want to. I, I think think like um, ham fisted is the wrong word, but the way the guilt suddenly manifests. Um, did it it's, seem sudden to you guys
0: it's it's a little quick but i no, mean this is like death so it, yeah i mean like i've dealt with death but never as the um, <laughs> cause of death <laughs> jerry so, remember that time we we killed that kid and we no we took oh. a blood pact man what the hell oh. are you <laughs> sorry, sorry. But no, I will, you I will, know we were still doing that I will agree it it, it felt fast. She's kind of like, life doesn't mean anything anymore. And I can, I control life now. Like that's how she's like, goes like from, oh my God, this is terrible to Fuck this snail. Like why? And I think Charlie- Mi-
2: what, Millie's also, I mean, if you want to get back to like a scene we talked about earlier, Millie, Millie's also the one that comes at Sam with, do you believe in God? So clearly right. she's the one at least for all these kids that is sitting down and thinking of this stuff too. She's also the one that asks him the question if you could snap your fingers and he would drop dead, would you yeah. do it? So she's the one, she's definitely the most thoughtful. Rory Something. Culkin, is of course, the most thoughtful out of all of the kids <laughs> in the group because he's a Culkin. But, uh, but she, she's the one that's sitting there considering all of this. And I think she's the only one out of all of them right now. Cause she's also the only one not taking a grave. That's but she's a good, the only one out of all of them right now that right now that is really already considering the future of all this. And
1: it's a good call. Because you've you got to look for beforehand, before the murder, all those dormant things inside of her that are just waiting for a situation like this to kick them all up, you know? I'm yeah. sure they're there. And he's he, Charlie's already mentioned a, a few of them. Um, but the snail is really... It, it doesn't get much crazier than that. Uh, she's dealing with something here. And she impales a snail. And uh, it's George's knife, which I think is there's a certain poeticism to it. Yeah. Um,
2: Apparently there was some controversy because they weren't – afterwards, and a big deal – not a huge deal was ever made out of it, but whether or not PETA was involved in that they actually killed a snail.
3: Oh. Because
2: she stabs a snail, and I'm, she – She very they very clearly killed a snail on yeah. screen for, for that shot. It's yeah. They killed the snail, but apparently there was all this (laughs) hubble-blue about, they killed a snail on screen.
1: Well, what does it say in the credits? Because if they're lying and say no snails were harmed,
0: then then we got a case here. Uh, I mean, who's, like, I guess somebody's got to look out for the snails, but, like, is that really the cause you want to take up? Like, come on. You want to die
2: on the snail hill? Yeah. PETA will bitch about anything. Mm. (laughs) We got another
0: one this week. This time it's snails. Ooh, we've never done snails. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just—it's an excuse
1: for a free movie ticket. Is uh, Peta loves free movie tickets, yeah. is what it is. Um, so Sam sees what she's done. He sees the re- he sees the snail and uh, on the water. They're rowing away. The sun is setting. Everyone is changed. You see it on their faces. Marty says they need to deal with Jasper and his bro first. He's thinking very objectively. And Rocky's like, "What the fuck are you gonna do? You gonna give him amnesia? You gonna hit him over the head with a rock? Like, fuck you." And Rocky and Marty, I was wondering about this. They hitch a ride back to the car, and we're like, what about those kids? They drive back, get the kids. You know, mystery solved. It's evening now. Marty says, everyone, uh, go home. Wait till I deal with this bro and Jasper situation. Wait (laughs) for it to to die down. And uh, Millie gets dropped off. And when she goes to her room, she just looks in the mirror like, you know, like a Culkin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, a
2: haunted Culkin, post-implication Culkin.
1: <laughs> bro and Jasper are at the bar, and uh, that's when the bro gets a call from Marty, and he says, "Bro, we need to talk, bro." He's like, "Jasper's like, how was the cow? What did they do? Punching? Cow slapping? Cow
2: spanking? <laughs> cow spanking?
1: Cow spanking?
2: You guys never went cow spanking?
1: I I can't say that I have, Jer.
2: from uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania.
1: Not often. Have you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've uh, gone ter- uh, snail-stabbing. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so they get the call from Marty at Clyde's. He's a, he, His dads see that there's something up with him, and it looks like he's going to say something, and I think Clyde's going to be the one. And we cut, and in the car, Marty's telling bro and the Jasper, Jas- the, Jasper, Jasper the situation, and bro's just like, fuck, man. And Jasper's like, I'd like
0: to go home now. And I'm thinking that was... Jasper's <laughs> going to fucking rat on these guys. I just thought it was <laughs> funny because it, it played out like a sitcom moment where like these two guys are talking and then like all of a sudden you reveal that this third guy's in the back. Like, can I go home now? Like, why am I here? I don't think I need to be a part of this conversation, guys. He's
1: confessed. Uh, yeah. So. Um, oh, oh. Uh, the Culkin. You know that Culkin kid. He's, he's hanging out with his brother at home. No clue what to do. Rocky says Sam needs to trust him on this one. And and does, does he say I can't trust you? And he storms he says, out, right?
2: Yeah. He says I don't trust you. Yeah. This whole Rocky. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, that this he's such a good older brother, and Sam has trusted. I, and I as a viewer, I always trusted everything Rocky said because he was clearly the the brother with confidence and conscience and actually cared about you know Sam. And this is like the first time that Sam's coming back at him with something like, but I don't trust you. I mean, like I trusted you before and look what happened.
0: But, and, and to me, I, I didn't understand Sam's whole take for the end of this because to me earlier in the movie, it didn't read like, uh, Rocky was pushing, uh, George. So I just thought that I, I mean, if we were in this situation might, you know, like, I don't think that I would react that way. Like I, I don't, I don't see why he's putting so much blame on his brother when it was kind of all an accident. Like, I don't. And am I
1: wrong in that? Like, guilt takes strange forms, you know. I don't know. Emotions are all over the like, place.
0: He came out to. He told his brother, "He's like, I don't want to do this anymore." His brother was like, "Well, I think we should, but okay, I'll tell him." He did everything he could to prevent it from happening. True. His little girlfriend's like, "Go ahead and play the game," and then like, you know. Shit goes down.
2: I think it's, I, I see it less as him blaming his brother for what happened as much as it is now that it has happened and that they're in, like, he's a Calkin. The past is, the past has happened. The past is past. We have to focus on the future. Um, <laughs> but uh, now that it has happened, you know, at least his brother was the one that was pressing for actually just doing something, for getting back at him. You know, we have to hurt him without actually hurting him. Um, and Sam trusted him with that. And now that it has sure. happened, He's telling him that you need to trust me in this situation, and and then when in the next scene, which I know where Dan, you're about to get to, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's clearly already thinking past this moment. Both Marty and Rocky are thinking about this moment right now. Sam is fifty years past.
0: Yes, that. yeah, I mean, <laughs> absolutely.
2: He he doesn't trust Rocky because he knows this is fucked already. I mean, this you is know. this is such a fucked up situation
1: he's got the the curse of foresight and he can't trust his brother he sneaks out the window he gets on his bike and he goes straight to Millie's place where she's laying in bed uh, shell shocked, taps on the window that classic boyfriend visiting in the middle of the night and she uh, denies responsibility kind of brings that home in this scene, but and this is, to me, more so the film asking this than Sam. And that is when we grow up, when we graduate high school and college and we become doctors, lawyers, all that, what do you think it'll be like? No answer. Because what answer do you have to that? We'll find out. Yeah. You know? I,
2: I love that line, though. I mean, yeah. that's just, it's, it's just heartbreaking. It's devastating.
1: To me, that is the movie. <clears throat> kind of that line there is... Uh,
0: it's a little borderline breakfast club, like yeah, what's gonna sure. happen to us on Monday, but you know it's okay.
1: Sure. but you know it's you know I was getting some bender vibes, like a hardcore bender vibes from Marty uh, earlier. Um, but uh, Marty arrives to see Sam and Rocky at the house. And when he gets there, the gang's already there. The dad, who we I think we meet for the first time in the scene, greets him at the door and says, they're already here. They're listening to some music in the other room. Resolution. I'm not
0: questioning six people here at like <laughs> 10 o'clock at night listening to music with the door closed.
1: Sure. Um, and, and Marty goes in and this is the big confrontation. They have to sort some things out because the gang had a conversation unbeknownst to Marty that they're going to come clean and Marty does not like that because he's he's Marty. Yeah. You psycho. He says screw all of you then and I you know like I I keep going back to this thought, like I'm expecting Marty to retaliate in a cinematic kind of violent manner where he's really painted as a black and white villain now. And he's not, he, he he just kind of storms off and, and because he's a a kid who's scared and Rocky grabs him and he says, what are you going to do? He says, I don't know. I'll probably go to Mexico or something. And, uh, this is one of my favorite lines is, uh, I'm trying to get it right. Rocky, uh, He says, I don't know what to think. And he says, If you don't know what to think, maybe you shouldn't make decisions. And he leaves. Yeah. And Marty asks to borrow the bro's gun. And I'm like, Okay, things are going to get really interesting here. And he lets him. And he's about to say goodbye to him. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's going to kill these kids, right? I I thought he was going to kill himself.
0: I thought I thought okay. he's gonna take that gun. He's gonna go kill himself because what has he got to live for anymore? He's right. already in big trouble,
2: like his dad. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. and I mean, he is I, that is a really great moment with his brother, the you know, when he when he does give him the gun, and it's like, you know, he's about to get in the car and he's like, hey, and he's like, oh yeah, hey, he Marty knows he's wrong and he know he knows that he's made a huge mistake and that all the decisions he's making are wrong. and he wants his brother to stop him like he's he's leaning into him in the shot i don't know if that was an active acting choice but he's mm-hmm. leaning into him and it's clearly like wanting him to stop him or help him or you know get him out of the situation which his brother's yeah. not equipped to do you know
1: that's right and it's that it's that scene where he says i'm it's basically the subtext is i'm never going to see you again and that look on their face yeah. he gets in the car with that gun and he leaves and uh The gang sneaks out together and they're going to do the right thing. They go to George's house in the middle of the night to tell his mother what happened. And they don't give us dialogue. They give us a a score and they show up at the door.
0: To be fair, they really shouldn't give us dialogue. It's way better to not know what they're saying but to just see the feelings. Mm -hmm.
2: And one more thing I'm going to give this movie props for and we've talked about how quickly and well and how well they set up characters quickly because of the short runtime. The only time other time we see George's mom is in the beginning when he's recording her and she's working out and you know, he's just recording her and he said, this is my mother. She works out every day and just that, gives you this like it, to me it paints a picture of she's a very loving caring you know mother she's uh, you know she is very involved with her son especially if he's got learned these learning disabilities too so when she answers the door and she's in her night robe and and you know they she's i feel like i see on her face that she's already clearly like worried about where george is and she sees these kids and you can see on her face that she already knows what's going yeah. on she's already got an inkling of what's happened and I feel so bad for her because I think they've set her up so well in such a short amount of time too.
1: I wasn't sure to be honest, if she was the one who was influencing his shitty behavior um, personally.
0: Well, earlier on the boat when he's exploding, he gives some kind of context clue where he, he doesn't have a dad. It seems like there's no male figure in his life, or at least that's what I gleaned from him. Like saying, I don't want to hear any shit about your dad's. Like all, like he's basically saying that to the whole group. Like, I don't want any of you to talk about your dad. I don't that. get it. I mean, maybe I'm interpreting it that wrong, but like that's what it came off to me. Is like, oh, so he clearly is being raised by his mom alone, mm-hmm. and like, you know, I didn't know what to make of the him recording his mom working out earlier. I'll be honest, I thought it was a little creepy.
2: But... I mean, he's just reality bites documenting his own, documenting his life. I mean, right, right. he's Layla from reality I, bites. I, 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 I just wasn't sure. But...
1: I wasn't sure if she was the mom from it with the, the kid with the broken arm or if she was like a really actual caring mom, you know, um,
2: I see her. I see. Her, I just I don't know, maybe because uh, I, I get sort of illusions like images from my mom working out on her elliptical in our basement in a very similar yeah. way. It's just like uh-huh. she's got her she's got a little tape player on and he says she works out every day. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's a very sort of um homey, very uh, sentimental yeah. way of, of, of filming her.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, marty we marty reluctantly now robs a convenience store and, and uh, you
0: love those convenience stores i
1: do uh, anybody who listens to the show knows that any scene that takes place in a convenience store i like i don't know i just like to spend time in convenience stores and movies uh hey, you Dan, know clerks, for, fast birthday,
0: i'm gonna put together a super cut of convenience <laughs> store scenes in movies the-
1: the best is when they show the old candy labels, like the yeah. old that you don't get to find anymore, like the old different Twix variants. Uh, okay, so he never <laughs> have I seen, never have I seen a robber more reluctant or scared to rob,
0: or desperate to rob a, a store than I've seen on this guy's face. Because he doesn't even point the gun at him. He's got the gun on the counter. Right. Like, come on, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like.
2: just, come on, you just give me the money.
0: Um. Yeah, it's just very just like just
2: do it, man. Just fucking <laughs> Yeah, but it's a robbery in the Come on. The money in the basket.
1: We we. <laughs> it's rare that we get the like the backstory in a movie when a guy runs into a store and says, "Give me all your money." You don't. You you assume he's desperate, but why? But in this Marty, we get the whole story, and uh, it's a whole other uh, perspective. And uh, it's confession time now in front of the camera. That's
2: also, that's also the point of no return for him. Like yes any point before he robs that convenience store he could turn around and go confess with the rest of them yeah now that he has walked in there and put that gun down he immediately starts crying because that's it
1: it's his choice like that is the choice it's not george's death which he thought it was that's the saddest part of all is it's the convenience store and the gun yeah and i get it though it's like some people like if I'm halfway to to disaster, I might as well go the full way, right? It's like destructive.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't agree with it, but yeah, I can see yeah, how no, I understand someone at the about, end of their rope can can yeah. get to this point,
2: right? I think it's also a fault in his character that he's built up this idea of himself as a non-conforming, rebellious, you know, personality yes. too. And you know, everyone else wants to tell, so they're all pussies because they want to tell. He can't be that. He can't be the weak one. Because yeah. the weak one in his family is, you know, he being weak in his family could lead to you getting your ass kicked.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: he's. I feel really bad for Marty in this movie, actually. I do. Um, confession time now in front of the camera. That Culkin, he's keeping like. If I was interrogating a Culkin, I'd be shaken as the detective. I don't know if he,
0: he murdered anybody. He's so calm and collected. But Yeah, you give me a choice between interrogating a Culkin and the Joker, I'm going to take the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so you get Macaulay Culkin behind the Joker. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Culkin as the Joker is like, I give up. I retire right then and there. I turn in my gun and my badge. We're like, you deal with it.
1: <laughs> um, but... This is then this is a really important question if you know anything about how to deal with like the the detective asks him did you sense that your brother Rocky was out of control or in control when George hit the water and that's if he would have said in control that's uh it. you're fucked
0: basically yeah,
2: that's, that's the game right there
1: He did the right thing he's a good brother he said I've never seen him more out of control in my life
0: but and so you guys take that as him doing the right thing? Cause it's premeditated,
1: like, Jar. If if you're in control, you know, like you yeah. consciously murder him if you're in control of your your situation. But if you're seeing red so much that it's an accident, practically,
0: but you know. When you, when you combine this scene with him earlier with his brother, it's just like, well, do you like? Are you on his side or are you against your brother? Like, do you trust him or do you oh, not, not trust side. him? I don't. To me, I. I I couldn't figure out how he got to this point of saying he was so out of control. Like I was it's just, just like,
1: so- I think he knew that would have saved his brother's skin, right?
2: See, I, I-, I legitimately think that he was just telling the truth.
3: Okay.
1: Because
2: as far as far as I see when I watch that scene of, you know, Rocky pushing George out of the boat. He is out of control and he when he goes and pushes him, he's literally turned towards him for like half a second. and then he turns back to Marty to try and restrain Marty. I don't think Rocky even realizes what he did. So mm. I do I do see the only way I would I think I would come at it from the other side is there is the moment, the very first person to even bring up the idea of not telling the truth, of not confessing is Sam is rory culkin like he says well we could say that we were playing truth or dare we dared to jump in the water and he did and he drowned um so he does that's on him not confessing he's trying to come up with a way like all kids do trying to come up with a way to lighten the 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 blow you know to make the confession hurt them less and but i do think after at this point they're so exhausted and they're so drained that all he can do is tell the truth. I mean, mm. if they're going to confess at this point, they're just going to confess. So I do really think him saying I've never seen him more out of control in my life is one, him just telling the truth. And two, him just kind of mortified that he's seen his brother like that, because
3: mm.
2: as we've talked about, Rocky was a good older brother. But to see him be so out of control is probably terrifying to it's to Sam.
0: It's an interesting interpretation because I just don't think that he was that out of control. He was trying to control Marty in the situation and some and the situation got away from him for a moment. If cuz I I heard him say I've never seen him more out of control and for a second there I was like, "Wait a minute, was Marty his brother too?" Like I I literally thought Ooh. for a second like What, what did I miss? Because like his brother did not seem that out of control. Right. So you, but, but Dan's interpretation is like him saving his brother and yours is that he's telling the truth. I'm inclined to say that he's telling the truth, but I don't know how he reached that truth. Like to me, it didn't play out the way that he is seeing it.
2: I I think that the moment of him pushing him out of the boat, that's one of those moments where it's just like, this all happened so fast. That's what I was about
0: to say. Yeah.
2: Like Rocky, uh, and I mean, I will. I have two older brothers, and I know any uh, you know uh, any uh, confrontations I've had with them. I've certainly shoved them, or thrown something at them, or pushed at them in something that I definitely did not really intend to do, or didn't even realize I was doing. And it came, it came in the heat of the moment. It's, it's in the passion of the moment. So I think Rocky and pushing is going to be the first thing he's going to do to, to like, you know, stop someone from anything. Like if George is, you know, is instigating, if he's egging Marty on, pushing him is going to be the first thing, a human instinct of human instinct to stop the situation too. So I do, I do truly feel it was just him being completely lost in that moment that went so fast.
1: I think, whatever the case, he answered correctly in that situation to those (laughs) detectives. And they leave the room because they have something, and it's the footage from that camera that ended up in the water. And it's. The end of the movie. It's it's remember when he was in his room and he was showing us his mind and that optical illusion on the TV. We get a longer version of that. He sets the camera down. We get him monologuing for a while, but just kind of his hopes is that people will understand him through these videos. And while he's talking about this, we see footage of them going and finding the body at the that the Mean Creek. And that's what else needs to be said. Um it's you, you get more insight than ever before into how peck is thinking um although that might still be lacking depending on who you are um it's a nice little monologue i think that wraps the whole thing up
2: and especially during when you've got his mom in the boat you know the police they're in a police boat going to rory culkins leading them to where the body is and his george's mom is just devastated i mean she's just broken down and she's crying but then there's the moment you barely see it i actually think i noticed it maybe for the first time this time watching it that when they're digging up the body and Sam is sitting there, Rory Culkin's sitting there in a blanket, and he's he's the most broken down he's been in the whole movie. He's clearly like been, you know, just crying now. But his dad is there, and his dad oh. turns and looks at him and just gives him this face. And it's very quick because the camera is panning, but the look his his dad looks at him and Rory Culkin is point is facing him and sees him look at him and then turns away from his dad. And mm-hmm. his dad just has this look of, How could like, how could my son have done mm-hmm. something like this? Like, this is beyond any trouble that you think your your child is ever going to get into, that they're going to kill someone.
1: Yeah, and uh, it'll haunt him forever, presumably, but that's where the movie ends, and uh, and that's where we start thinking and discussing. And, uh...
0: <laughs> Until we get Mean Creek 2, even meaner,
1: oh. and
0: <laughs> we get everything that has happened in the last 10 years, we'll get caught up to, and then we'll get a, C- a secret to... Rory Real, Culkin as an adult, yeah. yeah. Marty's
2: an es- Marty's an escort on the streets of Mexico now. And... Oh
0: God, <laughs> he's dead. Marty's, <laughs> Marty's dead. Marty's, Marty's, Marty's been Jesus. long dead. Oh man,
1: poor Marty. George
2: Peck is uh, George Peck is alive, lo- or Josh Peck is alive, and he's been hunting Jennifer Love Hewitt for like twenty years now. <laughs> well, well, that's
0: a sequel I want to see. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I think uh, if this is the only movie that he. Uh, is known for because I know he like he's tried some things. He did like a sitcom with John Stamos on Fox recently, like The Pexter. I'm talking about. I, I think yeah. he should be prou- he should be proud because this is a movie that's important. Uh, and I like Charlie was saying. I think this should be shown to classes despite the content. Just get a fucking permission slip and watch the movie because you'll learn some things.
2: I would have um, learned more from this than the permission slip I had to get signed to watch The Patriot. I, I don't um, know what like. I was the other day because it's on with Netflix Rocky? right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. Trevor Morgan, <laughs> one of the kids in The Patriot. But I don't know what my history teacher was thinking we were going to learn from watching The Patriot. That was such bullcrap. But anyway, anyway.
1: What is that? Um, he goes, uh, I'm not a child. You're my child.
2: Yeah. Is that, You're my
1: son. <laughs>
2: son. <laughs> oh, Keith Ledger.
1: Well, thank you for being on, Charlie. This is your yeah. first episode. I thought it went well. And uh, it's a heavy movie, but I thought we had some good levity throughout, too, so thank you.
0: Yes, we kept, we kept this heavy-ass episode as <laughs> light as we possibly could.
1: Yes. Is there <laughs> anything you wanted to... I'm sorry, is there anything you wanted to promote? And sorry to cut you off.
2: Anything I wanted to promote, like, movie-wise yeah. or anything? Um, um, I don't know well, if actually, you're
1: if you're like working on anything like a plug or anything sometimes we have uh, like stand-ups or somebody on anything like a website
2: um you know uh i i will say all of my uh it's kind of in progress right now but all of i suppose when this comes out it will be going but all of my efforts right now i'm uh, i do all the media for a record store and we're putting together a big benefit concert right now to support artists go. in chicago during the uh during the quarantine so ben, where do you work i guess uh rattleback records all right so uh keep an eye out for i'll send you guys some info but keep an eye out we're just gonna try and raise some money for some extremely out of work artists right now
0: good cause i mean yeah you're talking about extremely out of work. I was thinking about this earlier. Like I, I considered quitting my job to further pursue standup like a year ago. And And, uh, um, I'm so glad that I did not end up doing that because I would be screwed right now. Yeah. I
2: have a, I have a theater degree. So I'm, I, I I bowed out of acting about four years ago and I think I made the right decision at this point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And me, I'm still chipping away at move, making
0: movies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Movies Uh are eternal. We'll always need movies.
0: Yeah, And so you know we can talk about them on podcasts
1: And there's no yeah. movies coming out during lockdown But I have one coming out in like a month or two So I think that's cool We're coming in at just the right time here You know So, so uh, s-
0: Keep an eye out for that And yeah. keep an eye out for Charlie joining us on future episodes Yes, That is all Yay. the time that we have For this week I'm Jeremy Eden I'm Dan Eden
2: I'm Charlie Wine
0: That's a wrap I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right?